And now, live, it's time. Carr will go back into the gun. Jacobs cuts middle, walks in. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs, touchdown. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We have a good team. We have a good team that competes with uh, Suffolk all the time. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. We don't feel like effort's been an issue at all. It's the handoff. Bust toward the end. Jackpot, baby. Pinion drink. Takes it home. Here's your host, JT the Brick. JT, final hour of the week here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. I told Bobby, Bobby, crank it up. I want to hear Stones today. I'm going to the Rolling Stones tomorrow night. I'll be in the pit. Why? Because I like to go to the pit for big concerts. The older I get, the more I'm not running to the pit. But I like to be up close because I met my wife at a Stones concert. My good friend Johnny Katz, Johnny Katz Lamitas, called me today, wanted an update on the story of how I met my wife at a Rolling Stones concert back on February 15th, 1998. We got married Labor Day 1999. That went pretty quick, all because of the Rolling Stones. So all kidding aside, I love the Stones. I've been going to the Stones my whole life, but especially since I've been married. So my wife and I will be down front uh, hoping for a great show. And as I've, I told uh, Katz earlier today, when he called me on this, I really want to thank Mark Davis. Build it and they will come. I want to thank the vision of Napoleon McCallum and everybody, Governor Sandoval back in the day, Mr. Adelson, may he rest in peace, everybody who had a vision of building a Legion Stadium because if you've been listening to me for 20 minutes or 20 years, I always wanted the Raiders to stay in Oakland. No intention of them going to Carson, San Antonio, and then Vegas happened as a last resort, and it turned out to be a beautiful thing. Because now Metallica, Billy Joel, the Rolling Stones, Garth Brooks, Garth Brooks, uh, European soccer, which I love, by the way. I love soccer. USA, Mexico. My buddy John Sassenti will join us next week. We'll talk about the Las Vegas Bowl and these unbelievable bowl games. So that doesn't happen in this town. We're not going out to Sam Boyd ever again, unless we have some type of party out there that I could be a part of. We do things now at Allegiant Stadium, and I love it because I'm pro-Vegas. I'm pro-Vegas. I wasn't born here, but my life changed here in this market. And I thank everybody every day for the great times we have in Vegas. Who's a bigger ambassador pro-Vegas than I? I want people to come to Vegas. I want Eagle fans to come. I want Dolphin fans to come. Not as many Chief fans. There's no Charger fans. Charger fans aren't coming. Do you think there's a caravan from San Diego driving to support the Chargers? No. But the fans who are coming here to experience Allegiant Stadium, I talk to them personally. I talk to them, and we have a great time. And you know why? Because they're in a great mood. They're here to have fun at Allegiant Stadium. And I saw the Stones at MGM. I saw the Stones at T-Mobile. I've seen the Stones at Soldier Field. I've seen the Stones play big shows. The only place to do it now is at Allegiant Stadium. So as you can tell, I'm fired up for that. And then we'll do a quick turnaround, and we'll host the Raiders pregame show at 8 in the morning at the M. So how about some diehards meet me at the M with Eric Allen? Sunday morning, 8 o'clock, Raiders Tavern and Grill right outside there. Brought to you by our friends at Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. Remy Martin, a little early in the morning for me to have a sidecar in my hand, but I'll be having breakfast about 7, 7.30 at the back of the bar 
Raiders Tavern and Grill getting ready for that game. And it's a big game. We've been talking about it all week. Great job by our guests who have come on to talk about this. Now, we have a little bit of news today that we're, we're monitoring Odell Beckham Jr. He's been released by the Browns. Does he fit the Raiders? Absolutely he fits the Raiders or anybody else. Anybody else. He's, he's a great player. Now, has he played well at times? No. Has he been injured? Yes. He knows how to catch the football and run the deepest routes you've ever seen. So I'll throw that out there on that. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens here, but I wanted to get that in as we open up this hour. A couple other things I want to get to. The rug story was just a kick in the gut. All we're thinking about is the victim all week, period. Tina lost her life in a fiery car accident that was brutal, and we pray for her. I pray for her and her soul, and I hope that whatever happens going forward, her family can get the peace that they need. It, what happened was just one of the most horrific stories I've ever seen, you've ever seen. We know that. It's a tragedy, and we've tried to cover that story to the best of our ability. Again, I don't know mentally what it's doing to all of us to talk about it this much and how bad it is, but I still think of the family. I defer to the family of the young woman who lost her life and that beautiful dog in that car accident and what happened. So as we, that's not going to go away. It's not going to go away Saturday. It's not going to go away next Tuesday. The Raider organization knows that. You know that. But it was a tough week here on the radio to try to balance all of that, and that to me was the priority of this week. There's a lot of people venting, talking about it, getting it off their chest as we get into football with the New York Giants in this game coming up. The big story today is, is Aaron Rodgers spoke to Pat McAfee, who I work on the same lineup with. Pat McAfee's on earlier in the day than I am, but we're both on the same channel. Mad Dog Sports Radio, and it's making a lot of news because Aaron Rodgers now is kind of on the offensive for what's happened, and he's calling out the woke mob. So I think that Aaron Rodgers now has doubled down on not being vaccinated, and I don't think this is a good look for him, but you can have a different opinion on this. We all have a different opinion on the pandemic and what's happening. Uh, A lot of outlets are digesting what he said just a few short hours ago. This is from Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk. I'm also quoting a couple of other sites here. Aaron Rodgers claims he's a victim of the woke mob and the cancel culture. And he revealed this week that he got COVID-19 and he's not vaccinated, despite his previous claim that he was immunized, which he knew had been widely interpreted as getting the vaccine. Let's stop for a second. His comments about being immunized was the fact that he was hiding and lying that he was not vaccinated. He knew what he was doing, and as I told you, the media failed. Because all you needed was a follow-up question. That's it. All you needed was someone in the room to say, no, no, no. Aaron, can you elaborate on that? Are you vaccinated for COVID? And we all have the right to know that. He's a public figure. He plays in the NFL. There's gambling in the NFL. He's not available to play. We all have the right to know if Aaron Rodgers is vaccinated or not during a global pandemic where we pay direct TV, we pay for tickets, we pay for content, and we gamble on football. If you're arguing the other side of privacy, you're out of your mind. You played that card wrong, and now you're just pointing the flag in the sand, and, and you're shoving it in there because you're, you're the unvaccinated person that wants anything to hold on to. 
that that's your argument that we don't have the right to know we have the right to know if Derek Carr is vaccinated we have the right to know if Carson Wentz who last night won a football game and wore his mask which I don't think he's going to get anybody COVID or I don't think he's going to get it but it's protocol he's an unvaccinated quarterback he put his mask on I tweeted that out and people attacked me (laughs) it's crazy it's protocol Carson Wentz follows it. Kirk Cousins follows it. Aaron Rodgers does not. So back to the interview. Quote, this is from the Pat McAfee show. I realize I'm in the crosshairs of the whole woke mob right now. So before the final nail gets put in my cancel culture casket, I'd like to set the record straight on some of the blatant lies that are out there about me. So this is Aaron Rodgers saying this to Pat McAfee. He did not cite any specific lies that have been told about him. Instead, he launched into what he himself described as a diatribe about a witch hunt across the league. Rodgers claims to have done his own research and that he has an allergy to the ingredient in the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines. And he said that his decision to seek alternative treatment was what was best for my body. This is highly dubious, this claim. But even if it was true, according to Mike Florio, what Rogers seems not to realize is that the decision to get vaccinated is just not about his own body, but about the health and well-being of everyone around him. So this is going to lead Sports Center tonight. This is going to be the big story in sports. And how you digest the information and what you think about it is going to be very interesting to me. Uh, from the beginning with COVID-19, before I got vaccinated, when I got vaccinated, I've always called out BS on research. Anybody says they're doing their own research, full of crap. Every one of them. Now, if they say I'm talking to my doctor and my doctor's doing research, perfect. Or if you have a prior health issue that you get clearance on and you've studied that, great. But when you hear of an athlete, an NBA player, baseball player, Aaron Rodgers saying I'm doing my research, he's doing crap. He was out doing a yoga cleanse with his fiance in Maui. He's dressing up as John Wick for Halloween. If you, th- if you really believe Aaron Rodgers was in a library with the New England Journal of Medicine studying up on the Madeira vaccination, a vaccine, you're nuts. So this guy is caught. It's not the end of the world. There are plenty of people who aren't vaccinated. And if you're not vaccinated, that is your choice. But it's my job to tell you what's happening in sports every day. And I call BS on Aaron Rodgers. It's great that my teammate, Pat McAfee, on SiriusXM got the interview, and it's usually a fun interview where they talk about fun things. What are you going to wear for Halloween? Hey, how was the game? And they laugh, and they have a lot of jokes. A.J. Hawk sits in, but this is, this is pretty important content today on Aaron Rodgers. So all you got to do is go into Twitter anywhere and put in Aaron Rodgers, and you can read the transcripts of this or the sound. Normally, I'd have the sound by now, but the interview just happened and I don't do my night show on the weekend. But this is a pretty big deal today. So you're going to have an opinion. And Aaron Rodgers and his PR and his handlers right now are not doing well. It was a very interesting interview. As Aaron Rodgers said, I'm not an anti-vax flat earther. I have an allergy to the ingredient. And he went on that way. I found a long-term immunization protocol to protect myself, and I'm very proud of the research that went into that. So, look, a lot of people are saying right now he's just flat-out crazy. 
He's nuts. And he served himself up to the media here. Again, all I care about, and I've been tying this in all week, I've been tying it into the Raiders. This is Raider Nation Radio. The Raiders got hammered, hammered with protocol and COVID and had to spend a lot of money and pay the league a lot of money in fines. And I want to see the same thing happen with the Packers. That's it. I don't hate Aaron Rodgers. I don't hate anybody. I think Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest players I've ever seen. I picked, I picked the Packers to go to the Super Bowl this year and lose to Buffalo. So, you know, I think the team is really good. But the fact is Aaron Rodgers isn't available to play. And when you're not available to play because you didn't get vaccinated and 95% of the league did, there is a bullseye on you. Okay, now if 40% of the league was vaccinated and this happened, I get it. But the NFL wanted to stop the virus. They wanted to stop it. They wanted to get it to a point where they can control it with their players so we wouldn't see games canceled. Remember last year? Very worried about the cancellation of football games. There's not enough players. Raiders offensive line. They're in protocol. Can they play? That was the big issue last year. Not so much of an issue this year. Why? Because 95% of the league is vaccinated. You could still get COVID, but if you're vaccinated, you could quickly, quickly get a negative test and play that week. That should make sense to everybody. So I wanted to sign off on that with Aaron Rodgers. This is a big story that you're going to hear on all of our family of stations here at Lotus Broadcasting as we keep going. Hey, I just wanted to mention quickly, in touch, Charles Woodson's coming in next week for this Kansas City game, which is a big deal. Woodson Whiskey. I'm not a big whiskey guy. I've never have been, but now I'm starting to drink a little bit of whiskey with cigars. And the only whiskey now that we're talking about is Woodson Whiskey. No matter where you're at, ask for Charles Woodson's Whiskey. It's new. It's great. Charles is promoting it. Everybody's excited about it. He'll be here next week. We should have him on the radio to promote not only the game, his appearance out here, but his whiskey. And, you know, he's got the Intercept Wine, which is doing really well. Charles is blowing up as a businessman with his brand. And I'm all behind it here. He's a proud partner of our show. Woodson Whiskey, jump on board and please ask for it. Wherever you're at, ask for Charles Woodson's Whiskey. It's very easy to do that, but all you got to do is ask because there are some locations in the valley here that are trying to figure out how to get it, and they're trying to jump in and do it, and you can help out Charles that way. So just wanted to get that in here before we wrap this up and keep the show going. A couple of other things. Uh, Saquon Barkley, who's, I think, one of the best players in the league, went healthy, back with the team after the false positive COVID test, but likely to sit versus the Raiders. Okay, so that's the update today from Jordan Renan from ESPN. Giants running back Saquon Barkley and safety Xavier McKinney returned to the team after spending several days away because of false positive COVID tests. They were activated from the list earlier this morning. McKinney was at practice. He's expected to play versus the Raiders. Barkley was in the building but didn't practice because of an ankle injury that sidelined him the past three games. I got the injury report yesterday, and when I looked at the injury report, it's amazing to see how clean the Raiders are, knock on wood, and how they're looking compared to what we're seeing with the Giants. The Giants are just decimated when it comes to the injury report. So when we look at what's happening, this is from Thursday, which I got, we got this later in the day. Uh, Jonathan Hankins' neck fully participated. Uh, John Simpson knee 
fully participated. And then the Giants, the Giants had 11 players, and a lot of them didn't participate, period, including Saquon Barkley. Kenny Galladay was limited. Remember that? There was that big offseason wide receiver who came in, and then a couple of the other players there that were cleared for protocol. But they got a lot of guys that are out, so the Raiders have to take advantage of this. They really do. You know, I don't want to make it a big thing here that I'm always talking about injured, who's more healthy than others. But we saw the Jets last night. If you watch that game, they're decimated by injuries, and they got injured in that game. They lost to safety with an Achilles. Mike White, the quarterback, with his forearm in the, middle, in the beginning of that game. The Raiders now are getting healthier than they've been. Let's hope they're healthy after the Giants game as they get ready for this Kansas City game. And one more thing about the game again. This is going to be a really unique game. I hope it's not traumatic. I hope it's not a roller coaster. And a lot of Raider games are, especially this year. Come on, Baltimore overtime, Miami overtime. Games coming down to the wire. Chicago falling behind early. Uh, for the Giants, all they got but the, for the Raiders, all they got to do against the Giants is come out fast. Come out fast, keep it simple. The Giants aren't very good and they're injured. Run the ball hard, get the running game going, play action, and go to Waller. And I appreciate everybody who jumped in on the tweet that I sent out yesterday. I tweeted it out, and it's still there, at JT the Brick, about Darren Waller. And I'd like to know what the number is going to be in your mind as I find the tweet here. And let me get it. It is right here. Here we go. On Darren Waller, I put up the number that I think he needs to get if the Raiders are going to come out here and win this game. And I think it's got to be a big number. Get the ball to Waller. How about nine receptions, 111 yards, two touchdowns? What's your prediction, Raider Nation? And I got a lot of them. Everybody seems to be on the same page with me. Double-digit targets, 100 yards, a couple of touchdowns for him to just get going. So as we look at all of this today and we get ready for the game on Sunday and we're excited about the opportunity for the Raiders to go Six and two. Uh, This was a really tough week. A really, really difficult week in regards to the car accident of Henry Ruggs III. Henry's no longer with the team. A young woman was killed with her dog in the car. And everybody talked about it. Everybody talked about it. And if you need to talk about it next week, it's a topic that's not going to go away because we live in this community and Raider fans outside the community know what's going on right now. But a really difficult time. All right, when we come back, we got a lot to get to. We're picking games, college football today, mixing in Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel is now a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. Man, that was a big story. And the Rolling Stones are in town. I'm excited about that. The Rolling Stones into a Raider early start on Sunday. Where else would you rather be than Vegas? Listening on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. I consulted with a now good friend of mine, Joe Rogan, after he got COVID, and I've been doing a lot of the stuff that he recommended in his podcasts and, you know, on the phone to me, and I'm going to have the best immunity possible now. JT, thanks for listening. We always appreciate it on a Friday right here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Tomorrow I'll be with my friends just hitting balls over at one of my favorite places in town. When you think of hitting golf, 
you've got to go to Five Iron Golf inside Area 15. We're going to play a new golf course that we haven't played before. We're going to bring it up on the simulator. We're going to hit balls with brand new clubs, have beverages and food. I like to do that. I wish I could get out there more during the week, but the weekend's there. I'll start hitting a couple of balls. Excited to go there and then go to the Rolling Stones later on that night. How cool of a Saturday is that? Go see my friends over at Five Iron Golf inside Area 15. All right, so we're kind of double booked here, but I got two sharps that I'm able to get you on Friday who know what they're talking about about games. They're going to give you a couple of games that they're going to pick and some analysis. We begin with my friend Joe Lisi, go for the two. You hear him on Sports Grid Radio and all the great work that he does when he comes to Vegas. We're thrilled to have him on. Joe, thanks for joining us on a Friday. Let's jump right in. Uh, I know your phone's been blowing up since the rankings came out. This is a TV ranking show. They came out with it, and I was just in Oklahoma. As I was texting you visiting my son, Oklahoma wins big against Texas Tech, and they get banished to number eight overall. How could this happen? How'd you see it, Joe? Yeah, a great point, JT. I just think you look at the lackluster performance in terms of Oklahoma's, you know, they won, but they won ugly, right? You look at that last ball game on the road in Lawrence, Kansas. They struggled, trailed at the half, 10 to nothing, pulled that ball game out by 12 points. That has been the consistency of this team throughout the year, a lot of close victories. But in the end, I believe that if Oklahoma is an undefeated Big 12 champion, in the end, they'll be in the college football playoff. Joe Lisi is our guest. Joe, where do you stand on the emotion, the emotion of the Michigan State victory? Big topic. They come off Michigan beating Harbaugh, undefeated, Heisman Trophy performer on the ground with their great running back, a very inspirational coach. But I'm here in Purdue. What are they running into with Purdue here? Can they keep the energy coming off their signature victory of the year at home? Well, that's going to be the biggest factor. Can this team maintain the intensity from week to week? And they've shown an ability to do that. They expended a lot, obviously trailing that matchup 30 to 14 by double digits. Kenneth Walker with an outstanding performance. Now they go on the road. They've beaten Purdue in eight straight meetings. The last time that they played was back in 2018, JT. But you look at this Purdue defense right now, holding opposing offenses, to 132 yards on the ground, only 174 in the back end. I think that's where Purdue has an advantage. And when you look at just Purdue's offense, they're averaging 307 passing yards per game with Aiden O'Connell. That's the weakness of Michigan State right now, allowing 300 passing yards to opposing quarterbacks going on the road after an emotional win, being in the top four of the college football playoff. I think they're on upset alert in West Lafayette this coming. Joe Lisi is our guest. Go for the two. He's one of the best. He's been on our show. Now you can catch him on Sports Grid. Sports Grid has moved from Sirius XM 204 to Sirius XM 159. Joe, you know Georgia as good as anybody. What a number. 39, 39 and a half on a total. That's only 59 and a half against Missouri. How do you play this game? That's a big cover of almost 40 points as the total's under 60. I I don't see this often. 
Yeah, I don't recommend anybody playing this game. I can't look to the Missouri side. I know there there is the potential for the letdown with Georgia after the double-digit win over their arch-rival Florida. They just dominated from start to finish. But when you look at Missouri right now, a couple of factors. 0-10 in terms of the last 10 meetings in terms of the ATS perspective. But the football perspective right now, Missouri is allowing 283 rushing yards to opposing offenses. We saw Stetson Bennett in terms of struggle against Florida. Georgia wants to maintain consistency and peak for the college football playoff and, more importantly, for the SEC championship. So even though they might jump out to an early lead and play backups, I think they can wear down Missouri and cover this number. Let's not forget that JT Daniels also hasn't really been a part of this offense for the last five or six weeks. The potential to implement him in this type of game, I mean, again, I wouldn't recommend playing it from the gaming perspective, but I can only look to Georgia in this ballgame, JT. Joe Lisi at go for the two. So, Joe, as we have a few minutes left, I want to get your analysis on the television hype of what's happening as we have the rankings. And I know it's television, and I know that the job of the committee is to get the, the, first, the best four teams. And I know that if Alabama beats Georgia, Georgia gets in and Alabama gets in. We've talked about how this, uh, this setup plays strong for the SEC. I know that uh, Oklahoma has got Bedlam left. They got Baylor. They got two high-ranked teams. If they win those two games in the Big 12, I think they go because of their legacy and reputation. But I'm, I'm confused about out west here with Oregon. The Oregon win over Ohio State and the rest of the Oregon schedule and getting the respect back for the Pac-12 in the Final Four here. So walk me through this scenario. Yeah, I believe, and I agree with you, if Oklahoma runs the table with Caleb Williams and they're undefeated, they're in the college football playoff. Now, if we're talking about a one-loss Ohio State Big Ten champion and a one-loss Pac-12 champion in terms of the Oregon Ducks, I think you got to give it to Oregon. I don't care what Ohio State has done down the stretch. You look at that ball game entering Penn State, they defeated five straight opponents that had a combined JT of 388%. So to me, the head-to-head matters. When you look at the viewership, I think this, the college football playoff, the committee wants the West Coast appeal. And let's not forget, if Oregon can navigate through the schedule, our rivalry game this they're six and a half point dogs on the road. They still have to go to Salt Lake City and, and face Cam Rising and the Utah Utes. They're playing very well. I think Oregon's the fourth team in the country. I, I don't think there's any way you, they're not in terms of that type of situation. I will say, though, that if Ohio State and Oregon both have one loss, or Pac 12 and Big 12, uh, 10 champions respectively, and somehow, some way, it's Oklahoma and Wake Forest as undefeated Power 5 champions, I think Wake Forest will go over Ohio State and Oregon, so keep an eye out for that. Wow. The great Joe Lisi, go for the two. Joe, I always appreciate you making time for us. We'll talk to you soon. Anytime, JT. Love the show. Love having you on, Joe. Appreciate you joining us here on Raider Nation Radio. So with college football, we don't have much to talk about in this town because the college football team hasn't won a game. We'd like to see that change. We would love to see UNLV football win a game so that slot machine on the sideline could actually mean something. And hopefully they get a win. And hopefully they can get rolling here because I like the coach. I like the recruiting. 
I like what they have at their training center, and I love the fact that they're at a legion, but they got to get rolling here. UNLV football, come on. Get a game that you're supposed to get. We move on. We go to Miami, South Beach to be exact. My friend Lee Sterling joins us this Friday on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. The rule is simple for Lee. He's got to give us three games for free from ParamountSports.com, and he joins us. And, hey, Lee, before I forget, we got UFC, a big UFC card in Vegas coming in, and I know at Paramount Sports, you got a fighter, you've been on a roll, and you're also giving out UFC picks. We got Canelo in town. Yeah, I have a UFC expert, a former fighter, who works for me, and he actually trains an American top team, so he knows all the fighters. And I tell him once he finishes his workout, sit there for a couple hours instead of watching a movie or a game and, and take in what's going on. So uh, we're plugged in, and uh, we do it all here at Paramount Sports. Lee, I'm proud to say I haven't done a deep dive on Wake Forest football, but now I'm getting calls and people are looking at them potentially running the table. If Clemson could be so great and the world throws out a red carpet to Dabo when they're undefeated or playing well, why can't we do the same for Wake Forest? North Carolina opened up minus four and a half here. We'll play where you have it. North Carolina minus three, Wake Forest. Let's get into this one. Okay, so there's no history with Wake Forest. In fact, their 8-0 start matches their best start since the World War II era. I mean, the first time ever they've been ranked in the top ten. So how do they do it with offense? Their defense, hey, it's not great. Don't have a whole lot of depth, but the offense is special. Number five in the land, they're averaging 43.4 points per game. Love their coaching staff. They're innovative. They come up with new sets every single week. And on the other side, North Carolina, they were overhyped from the start. They lost all their running backs, they lost all their receivers, and their offensive line who returns everyone just not playing up to that level that you need to be a champion. So uh, this is the battle of Sam's. I'm going to take Sam Hartman here over Sam Howell on Saturday. The Demon Deacons stay undefeated. The wrong team is favored in a shootout. Wake Forest, 58-50. 58-50. Lee Sterling loves Wake Forest and over the total, obviously. Let's move on to what I think is another big game. As a matter of fact, I want your I want your quick analysis on how Michigan State came back against Michigan and how Harbaugh blew that golden opportunity again because I'm seeing Michigan State minus three at Purdue. Uh, now it's down at two and a half. It just it looks to me like the classic letdown game, right? You beat Michigan at home. Now you're doing interviews all over the country. You beat Harbaugh. You're in control of your destiny. Why such a tight spread on the road at Purdue? Okay, if you listen to Mel Tucker after the game, he was practically on the verge of tears. Yeah, he's had to make the rounds this week. The price of getting Mel Tucker might have gone from six million up to eight or nine million now. If you're USC or if you're LSU, so. It was an epic comeback. I mean, it was little brother beating big brother, uh, just willing their way here. But I do see some cracks. Michigan State's defense, only 103rd out of 130 teams. Their pass defense is falling apart, 127th in passing yards allowed. So they're going to face a quarterback for Purdue, Aiden O'Connell, 295 yards passing uh, average each of the last four games. And over 72% completion percentage, and they got back their iron horse running back, Xander Horvath. In Big Ten action here, uh, big 
produced D. A lot of people don't realize this. They're giving up just 18 points per game and 52% pass completions here. And Michigan State quarterback Peyton Thorne, one touchdown and four interceptions the last two games. Hold on to your hats. I'm calling for an upset. Purdue, 27-24. Wow. The yep. Michigan State dream comes to an end. You'll remember that with Lee Sterling. He joins us at Paramount Sports. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. All right, let's go to the Rams, Tennessee. You know, injuries happen now. Aaron Rodgers, COVID protocol, not playing at Kansas City. And then I look at what's happening with Derrick Henry and the fact that we don't have Derrick Henry here in the Rams Seem to be cruising along. I don't know how many snaps Von Miller is going to get in this game. Rams minus seven and a half. Tennessee. How do you see it? So, have you have you interviewed any Las Vegas sportsbook directors that are crying the blues lately? I, nope. I don't listen to sportsbook directors when they cry. Well, I, I'm on the public side, as you know. Here's what happens when they have a losing week. They're crying the blues. They are raking it in this year. Why? Last week, case in point, Green Bay. Top three receivers down. Everyone bets the other side. What happens? Green Bay wins the game outright. Time after time after time again. Last week also, we see first-time quarterbacks come in. Uh, You know, Cooper Rush, no one knows about the guy. Everyone bets the other side. Dallas wins the game and covers. So we've got another case in point where a team is missing their star in Tennessee running back. And, And what happens? Everyone is going to be betting the Rams. The line started out at three and a half, four. It's up to seven and a half here. This team can come together for one game. We're not talking about this season. They've already beat the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Colts last week when they were down by two touchdowns to start the game. The Titans are four and zero straight up and against the spread as underdogs this year. I think the Rams are going to win the game, thirty-one twenty-eight. But I'm taking the seven and a half points here in the Tennessee Titans. Wow, seven and a half points. Yeah, I can see why. It's a lot of points for a team that I think has a quarterback that can really move the ball, and they can go from being a running team right back into a passing team. All right, Lee, as on the way out here, give me your game of the week here. I mean, you're heavy on college this week. I know when you dive into the rabbit hole of college and you're so good at it, your game of the week, Texas A&M, Auburn. A lot at stake for Auburn here as they look at what's in front of them. If they're able to run the table here, how do we get that game? Yeah, it's wide open. Who wins that side of the SEC? Bo Nix is back for his about 12th year uh, at Auburn. Seems like he's been there forever. Uh, they're going to travel to College Station, who's coming off a couple weeks ago, the big upset win of Alabama. So you want to get this winner? We've got it for you. We can put you on the sharp side, not the public side. Call 800-400-9741. And how about this special? I'm coming off a rare losing week last week. I almost never lose two weeks in a row. You can get seven games on Saturday, just $77. Or how about this on Sunday? You want to do the pros? Five games, $55. It's an instant download for both. Get it right now, ParamountSports.com. Thank you, Lee. Always appreciate having you on. You're a big asset to the show. Have a great weekend. Thanks, JT. Appreciate Lee Sterling coming on. As I always say, bet with your wallet, not with your head. Purdue. Purdue. How about that? You guys run to the sports book. You're getting a free Purdue play again over Michigan State after Michigan State coming off the hardball win. I don't know if I'd touch that, but he is. Go to ParamountSports.com. And thanks again before that to Joe Lisi as we could get those two sharps in here on a Friday. 702-365-9200 as we continue on. 
Uh, again, join us Sunday at the Raiders Tavern and Grill for the pre- and post-game show, along with the great Eric Allen as the Raiders are trying to get a win, a big win, and keep the train rolling to go to 6-2 and two on the flagship, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. The ball is across the two, just short of the one-yard line. Zay Jones and Edwards go off to the left now. Richard is the running back. Cars up underneath James. Going to fire quickly. Jackpot, baby! Touchdown, Raiders! JT Friday as we continue on Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m. Quick reminder, we are brought to you by Remy Martin. Our good friends at Remy Martin will be there with me on Sunday as we are at the Raiders Tavern and Grill right outside. Great setup. Eric Allen and myself will be there very early. Not at the crack of dawn. I think we gain an hour, right, with the clocks and all that. But we'll be there Sunday morning for the Raiders pregame show and then the postgame show and hopefully a win against the Giants that would take the Raiders to 6-2. and two. So we're excited about that. Uh, Remy Martin, the back bar for breakfast, their private room, which is not private. You can go back there, get a reservation. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. So on this Friday afternoon, able to connect with uh, a mentor in a lot of ways when it comes to broadcasting because I've been interviewing him as long as anyone I've ever interviewed. 25 years on the radio, I've been interviewing Lee Steinberg, one of the greatest sports agents of all time. He has the record for the most number one picks ever. Think of that. For most number one picks in the history of the NFL. Eight number one first overall picks. 64 first round picks. Four billion in contracts. And 850 million to charity. How's that for a resume? Lee Steinberg, kind enough to join us on Raider Nation Radio. And Lee, I wanted to begin. I wanted to reach out to you because of what's happened this week, and there's a couple of big topics we need to talk about. Let's begin with Henry Ruggs III, what's happened to his life, especially we're all praying for the victim, the 23-year-old woman who was killed, and what happened earlier this week in Vegas. What went through your mind when you first heard the news? What a tragic situation for everybody involved. First of all, I don't know how you get a car to 156 miles an hour, but and how he lived, I'm not quite sure. But um, in that one micro moment, it said to me how careful you have to be in life because one moment can completely alter the course of uh, of your the rest of your life. Lee, I spoke to you over the years. Uh, before your sobriety and what life meant before and after. And you've talked to a, a lot of young football players, not only number one picks overall that you've had many, but other draft picks and just people in all walks of life. What have you told them about this? Because he could have made a great decision to never even get into a vehicle that night, period, let alone to be driving at past 3.30 in the morning when the accident occurred. So we do a very thorough uh, rundown with someone entering football about the fact that this is a special privilege and that if they want all the, the wonderful things that 
time they leave their house, they're under a microscope. And so we caution them about, um, you know, having anything physical happen with a woman on alcohol. The NFLPA actually has a uh, Uber service that anybody can call. So it's about planning, JT. It's about before you drink, before you leave the house, you can't leave the house unless you have someone with you. And um, we just make it really clear that you've taken on special obligations and you're going to be held to a higher standard. And that certainly involves not imbibing liquor and getting behind a the, in the driver's seat of a car. And so we try to prevent any of these things from happening by being really clear with uh, athletes about the consequences. And uh, it's, it's everything. It's how you drive. It's, it's uh, not being drunk in public or the rest of it. So we try to be really cautionary at the beginning. And it's not just us. The Players Associations go through those same admonitions. So do the league with rookies. So they're told multiple times about this. Lee Steinberg joins us. Lee, one more on this. With all the clients you've had and the relationships, what happens when a good kid who's done everything right or most of it right makes the worst decision of his life? You heard Derek Carr and his empathy. You know Mark Davis a long, long time. I mean, you know, Ruggs is only 22 years old, and it looks like his career's over, his life isn't over. What advice can you give? What can you say about this, the gravity of what happened here with a victim who will never be here again at 23, a young woman, but a 22-year-old who a week ago was making big plays or two weeks ago and had his whole life in front of him and was a really good player? So the first thing he has to think about is the other victims and how he can uh, make retribution to, to the family. He can't bring the person back, but at least he can express regret and see if there's anything he can do for them. That's the first thing. You have to, second of all, does he have a problem with alcohol? Is Was this just one aberration, or does he have a drinking problem, and does he need to go to AA or some other support group, some 12-step program? So your first concern is for his health and how he's doing. Um, after you get done dealing with the victim. And um, it's, it's, you know, we know we're dealing with young people who are not at the most mature stage of their life. And we don't throw athletes on the trash heap of history for one bad action, but this is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. However, as to him never having a career again, let's see what happens. If he's criminally convicted, if he ends up going to prison, um, if he's back again, uh, history is replete with examples of athletes who have done something very wrong and yet come back at a later point in their life. Lee Steinberg joins us. All right, Lee, so you know what the league has on their plate with the Washington football investigation, there wasn't a written report. There was an oral report. Uh, in Las Vegas, the Raiders were affected. John Gruden lost his job, and it looks like his career for those leaked emails that the NFL said that they didn't leak. So we've been talking about that, and that's ongoing. But I want to move to Aaron Rodgers 
And what's happening here? If he broke COVID protocol by not having a mask on the sidelines, whatever it is, when he said he was immunized, but he clearly knew that he wasn't va- vaccinated for COVID-19, and we can go back to eight weeks of him doing press conferences and post-game press conferences in other stadiums without a mask on, what do you think the NFL is facing now, potentially in the penalty phase for him? Well, first of all, let's be clear. You're dealing with the most valuable player in the league last year, and you're dealing with someone whose team uh, we'll see next this weekend, but is probably not a more valuable player to his team in the league. I mean, there are you know, he's masterful. But here's the thing. The NFL clearly laid out a two-tiered system. Tier one is if you're vaccinated. And then you can go about living a pretty normal life of practice and all the rest of them. Tier two is if you're unvaccinated. And in that case, that player needs to wear a mask around the complex as he goes. That player can't go out to a Halloween party, which he did. Um, without a mask. That player um, faces a $15,000 fine for breaking any of the uh, protocols. And um, so there are all multiple levels of, uh, of violations here. And um, I think they're, you know, obviously, do they treat a superstar different than an average player? Well, in most cases, yes. But mm-hmm. here, I think the whole COVID vaccine protocols been flaunted and look at the positive results of the protocols. We have full stands filled with fans and they don't have to wear masks. Uh, football is flourishing this year. We have so many less stories about, uh, you know, COVID. We, it, we're thinking about football, not about the um, every player and the pandemic. And so it's been a very successful program and, they need to keep it in effect. Now, what do we tell players? We tell them, unless they have some great moral uh, objection, uh, get a vaccine. And I'm telling you, JT, that Aaron Rodgers, to all those people who hate governmental regulations, who believe the vaccine's flawed, who don't like masks, he's probably a hero to them. And it's a really divisive issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got an extra responsibility as the quarterback of a team to, to be with the team. And you saw what happened in uh, Washington state with Nick Rolovich um, who kept refusing to get vaccinated eventually got fired. Um, So they're going to discipline him and there's going to have to be some agreement between the league, the team and him about how he's going to proceed. I'm not sure what he meant by uh, uh, immunity uh, other than if you get a little bit of the disease or rest, but you know he made statements in public, and today's press will hold you accountable for everything. Wrapping up with Lee Steinberg, Lee. Finally, I mean Patrick Mahomes, your client, is one of the greatest young players I've ever seen. Period. In any era, and a couple of games where they haven't been dominant, or they've been slowed down a bit, and now. It looks like it's bait for people and for clickbait for people wondering if this is the end of this season for them. They, they get a break without having to face Aaron Rodgers. They got division games coming up. And I think with a healthy Tyree Kill and a healthy Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, they'll be fine. What can you tell us about Kansas City and 
just the way they look a little bit different this year, and it's just not clicking as easy as it has in the past. So Patrick's taken all the responsibility on himself for every failure of the team, and obviously he doesn't block for himself. Uh, and the offensive line is all new, and they're just, you know, coming together. And um, I think they've had a season's worth of mistakes in these first games. But Patrick's still Patrick. You know, he'll be fine. The, the, they'll never stop fighting. And uh, eventually you can't have uh, Kelsey and Tyreek Hill um, and uh, uh, Hardman and, and that whole crew without having a successful offense. They've got some problems on defense. I think they'll work it out. I think they make the playoffs, and everything's just going to depend on how well they're playing when the playoffs begin. Thank you, Lee. Always appreciate your time. I hope to see you soon either in Vegas or at your Super Bowl party in L.A. That's got to be exciting. You don't have to travel that far with all your connections, huh? No, it's the first time it's been at home for years, and you've got to come. I will be there. Thank you, Lee. All the best to your family. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate Lee coming on here. And again, he handles Patrick Mahomes, one of his maybe the most successful client he could ever have financially, that's for sure, with a Super Bowl ring and an MVP. But Steve Young, Troy Aikman, Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, his list of number one picks overall are incredible. And Lee's always told me the story when we see each other socially. Is that great, great party, fantastic party at the Super Bowl every year. But Lee said he used to sit with Mark Davis, now the owner, used to see him in the top row of the Coliseum in Oakland back in the day. He always tells me that when he sees me about how far back he goes with the owner of the Raiders, Mark Davis. So we appreciate Lee Steinberg coming on. Very difficult week. And as an agent and as someone who's sober and as someone who's followed this story, I think it was important that we get him on here before the end of the week and you can hear what he thinks about those array of topics here on what was a very difficult week as we wrap it up here on a Friday heading into the weekend. Rolling Stones tomorrow night. Happy we're able to give away a pair of tickets. If you're going to the Rolling Stones Saturday night at Allegiant, I think it's the greatest night, a non-Raider night in the history of Allegiant Stadium, the biggest rock and roll band of all time playing in Vegas because we have a football stadium and they can play here in epic proportion. So I'll be down front Ready to roll. Big Saturday night and then Sunday morning over at M Resort Casino and Spa. As we keep going here, hopefully the Raiders get a big win. Uh, takes care of the Raider Nation this weekend. And then we get ready for Sunday night football. Kansas City, Charles Woodson coming to town with his Pro Football Hall of Fame ring and the festivities around that. Got a lot to look forward to, Raider fans. It's been a hard week. There's been several hard weeks here. But we got a football game that we're going to continue to talk about here as we continue. Raider Nation Radio, 9.20 a.m. Hit me up at JT the Brick and follow us here at lvsportsnetwork.com. Brought to you by our friends at the Henderson Hyundai Superstore. Boulder Highway in Henderson. They have the super deals you're looking for. 